From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Catch me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and we're pleased to welcome in Jane Lee. God's Heart and Hands Ministry. It's Jane, good to be here. Always it's good, good to, be to here. see you. Thank you. It's great to We're be here. We're seeing more and more guests in person. Isn't this lovely? I, after, for the about human two contact. years there, all I thought, our guests, they just had a voice. It they did. Gabe was voice. doing it all. He was doing yeah. it all. Yes, he was doing his little voices for yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it is good to be back in person and see the person and people to people. It's a yeah, treasure. I, I, I think I told this story before, but I remember... Uh, a uh, long time ago, a trainer, uh, we, we always uh, bless ourselves before we start. We always do. Yes. I forgot. A, a trainer, a radio train, radio host trainer told me, he said, get a picture of somebody you know, put it up where you can see it, mm-hmm. because radio is a tough medium in that you're frequently interviewing people you don't see, or you're talking, maybe you're just soloing and, and you're giving a monologue or you're, I don't uh-huh. know, whatever you're doing. Um, maybe you're DJing and playing music, but th- that you have you have no sense of audience. It could mm-hmm. be 10 million people. It could be 10 people. Mm-hmm. But put a picture up of someone you know and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Advice. And it worked. Yeah, it, it worked, worked. Huh? It worked. That's good. That's probably why Patrick Madrid I've noticed is talking to Cyrus, his producer, a whole lot. It's almost becoming a talk show between the two uh-huh. of them. And I think it's bringing that in. We do want the people element to it we well want and that the other contact. reason is the producers are always smarter than the host so <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, Gabe's giving me the thumbs up yeah. <laughs> no somebody was somebody will have a guest and they'll say you know I can't remember but it was in 1742 and somebody founded a fort in Nebraska and he'll just 10 seconds there it is on the There's, screen yeah. wow yeah yes they're all yeah yes that that always helps but that person-to-person contact that's the the how do you say it? As God's heart and hands ministry and promoting families and bringing in families, bringing God back to the center of the table, it's refreshing to talk about a different thing than we have to with families. Families are so beleaguered, they're they're so worn down. And Our Lady of Fatima, we know that families and and what um, Sister our Sister Lucia said, and what we know is that the family is really being attacked right now. It's being split apart, you know, little bit by little bit, and now it's chunk by chunk. And so to talk about friendship, that human contact. And I would say that's one of the things that we all just got that awareness, being able to come back into the presence of people. Mm-hmm. What a treasure it is to not look past people, to, yep. to see complete strangers as a joyful chat wherever we are. Well, one of the, one of the actual joys within the pandemic was, and, and it's sustained itself, is we had a lot of family time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Four teenagers at home during the pandemic, and two of them have now graduated to not being teenagers uh-huh. <laughs> in the interim. But, and it was, they couldn't go out with their friends. Mm-hmm. There were no sports. There were no uh, movies open. There no, were no restaurants open. And it was like we had a tremendous amount of family time. And and you know nobody said you couldn't get in the car and mm-hmm. go go for a Sunday Sunday drive you know uh-huh. and I mean we weren't even going to mass mm-hmm. you know I mean everything was closed or or virtual and and you, you're you're sitting in the living room sort of sort of you know we're trying to participate but and and God's letting us participate but you're basically watching mass yes. on the TV you know mm-hmm. which is just a strange medium I mean it, it actually. I felt like everyone did a great job with that. They did. But they did. but it created a great a much greater family time especially given the age of the kids that we have found we liked it so much that that it's carried over. Oh, it has you know, it. it has, in which it's, ways? It's, it's which carried have over you kept in that, new in that we we have so more we have come to cherish it as opposed to sort of take it for granted when mm-hmm. it was enforced and we're going, "Wow, this is great. Everybody's Everybody's home. Everybody's there's always somebody missing at, at practice or you know, mm-hmm. choir practice or some sports practice or right. out with a friend or, uh, you know, depending on their age, you know, mm-hmm. um, even driving a car, you know. Right. And right. Um, it, it it 
it's just it's everybody uh, in fact we have we had one daughter who first two years of college she was at uc davis so first two years of college she lived at home and then got an apartment mm-hmm. uh for her junior year with with a roommate uh from san luis obispo somebody a, 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 a fellow student a girl that she had met in a young woman i can't say girls anymore uh-huh. or or boys um but the it came the end of the school year in june and her roommate went went back to san luis obispo for for the summer and our daughter picked up the phone and said announced i'm coming home for the summer wow she didn't want to be in her she, she was 20 years old right independent doing well in school had t- had two jobs but she wanted to come home for the summer mm-hmm. you know it was it was, it was a, a real joy I, I caught what you said about cherishing that time, and I think that was where God can bring good out of anything through all that turmoil and chaos and difficulty. That's one of the things that we really – it pulled families off of the merry-go-round. Yeah. And it, the merry-go-round families were on with sports and academic achievement, and you know it was hard to turn down anything that you thought would give your children an edge moving forward that I think degree by degree, we had turned away from God. Like, what's best for this child? What's best for our family? And then where's the trade-off? Like you said, there's always someone someone gone. And family dinner and family time is where the bank account where that time comes out of. Yeah. And and I noticed being a math tutor and being in so many um, families home, family homes is that it did pull them off. They did have that. And children themselves were also saying, wow, I don't know that I want to go back to all of that. What's the long-term gain? Really, what are we doing? Right. There, there is, you know, we do want the social contact. We do want all of those things. But it, that kind of preoccupation in our schedule for our children and everything they have to be doing and getting them a, a excellent at everything they're doing is a new phenomenon. Oh, we did not do that. And well, with you raising older children and now having older or younger older children, <laughs> but you really have seen that, right? That, right? that when your your other two, your older ones were teenagers in high school, what was their afternoon like? Yeah. You know, school ended roughly three o'clock. Yep. And they came home. Yep. Right? Yep. And and so it pulled us off of that so we could cherish that. And so looking at the family as we know it's the building block of of society but it's the building block because there is that is the place the crucible if you will that we form society mm-hmm. and is it busyness is it um, political is it jaded is it harsh is it kind it's whatever is done in that space will carry forward in those individuals. It actually forms their brains. Their brains right. form differently. We know that now. Now we can do scans and we see it. So the purpose of God's heart and hand hearts and heart and hands ministry is to bring God back into the center because we have so many decisions to make now and we're so out of balance. Yeah. And so looking looking at it kind of taking a different approach is friendship. Wow, it just that just breathes fresh air into the whole topic mm-hmm. of families and society and everything that we've been talking about. And friendship is something we really were deprived of for a couple of years, weren't we? Yeah. Um, we did have the phone. We could do FaceTime, but that wasn't cutting it, was it? We wanted to be, and, and I've seen the pictures of the, the moms with the cars pulled up six feet across, and they were sitting in the back of their cars <laughs> with their coffees in a huge circle. So yeah. it was outside. So it was the safest thing possible. But then they still, there's something about looking across and sure. seeing a person there and having a conversation. Yeah. And so looking at the friendship aspect for the families, I would, I would caution, let's not get back on that merry-go-round too fast. Let's really assess and make cognitive, aware decisions about what are we doing? What's the trade-off is, gonna, is going to be? Right. And so when you look in the Bible, Proverbs seven seventeen, a friend is a friend at all times, and a brother is born for the time of adversity. That just hmm. kind of sums it up. Because friends and family are very different, you know? And they each play a different part in our lives. And... The friendships are so important because I think ultimately for a family, the friendships support the parents. They support the family. And as parents, you know, we have to really search out friends that support us and have similar ideals and how they're raising their children. Some of my clients, are um, their kids are in high school and their 10th grade 
now and now they're running into because they're close to driving and they're really not so close to drinking age but it's entered in because one family believes that their children under age should be able to drink and that any child in their house should be able to and while it's illegal it's creating quite a conundrum and i remember when my kids who are, are right around 30 right now this is when families make their choices on how what liberties they're going to give their kids and so it creates a tremendous it's creating for them a tremendous amount of chaos when one family says i'm just going to let something in and without talking to everyone sure so it's been quite a shock and that's nothing new that that's been there well you you know when you uh you you generally don't pick your kids friends that that kind of happens naturally you school a ball team uh, Mm -hmm. whatever a dance class or whatever it is, um, or, ne- or sometimes just in the neighborhood. But you, <laughs> you I find, uh, and I'm sure the same thing's happening to us because, I mean, I, I don't say it in any negative way, but, but you're, you're, you do want to know who their parents are. Mm-hmm. You do, you do want to know what, when the kids, you know, when they're littler, if they're having a sleepover or, mm-hmm. or whatever, or, um, you know, they're, somebody invites your kid to go to Tahoe for the weekend uh, with their family, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that you, you, especially as they get older, mm-hmm. those things, uh, and, 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 you know, even families that say they don't allow alcohol, mm-hmm. it happens to them too. And it, it isn't always because somebody else's family introduced it to them. Right. It's because their own kids said, well, I know mom and dad said, we're not going to do this, but right. by golly, we're doing it. Right. Because everybody's doing it, you know that kind right. of that kind of uh, excuse, mm-hmm. and and you know one of one the one thing that I, th- I I saw a bus the other day, and right on the it was a, it was an ad on the bus. I don't know who had, who had placed the ad. It said marijuana lowers a teenager's IQ by eight to ten points. Wow! And I thought, ooh, that's a that's a lot better ad than. You know, I see the billboards on the highway now. It says, this is a sign that you shouldn't drive while high or something. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, it's semi-clever, and I'm, I still kind words. of try to figure it out. But I don't, I don't know that that would cause one person not to drive high. Mm-hmm. Big billboards. I've seen right. a bunch of them, all with the same message. Whereas when I saw that on the bus, I thought, wow, that if... if 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 I were a teenager or even older, um, that make me stop and think. Mm-hmm. Do, do I want to do that to myself? Right, right. That's I, a I definite thought, number. I thought I was just getting high. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I might be actually damaging my. I mean, who who wants to damage the brain cells? Right. You know. And, right. Um, I thought that's that's probably a pretty effective message. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Even even as as especially because. It's now a legal su- substance, not mm-hmm. for teenagers still, but it's, it's now a, le- a legal substance in California. Right, and they can get a hold of it, unfortunately. Oh, and they always can get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And for those parents that are trying to hold the line, they don't want their kids doing it, who knows how that shored them up. Okay, now I'm, that's it. I know this is not the right thing. I'm, I'm fighting for this. This is yeah. not what's going to happen with my child. And as one parent put it really well, that's fighting the battle for in this friend group, because as friends, they also have, they feel like they have the responsibility to talk to the parents that are allowing the alcohol to say, this is not what you want. Because that's also friendship, is to stand up and say the hard thing, like St. Paul did, right? To stand up and say the hard thing. This is not the way of God. This is not what you're supposed to do. And especially we don't want you doing it, facilitating it for our children, but you really don't want to be doing it for yours. And this is why, and we care about you. Right. And... And so who knows how that that advertisement on the bus, how that helped that parent, because of their generation, the pot from when they were teenagers is not the pot of today. Right. It's much stronger and it's right. GMO'd and it's got far more quantified health risks and so on. And so the idea of friendship is that the friendship bonds between the families as these families navigate the threshold of their young adults moving into adulthood is crucial. Yeah. And I, the same thing happened when, when my kids were teenagers 15 years ago, similar circumstance. And I had to stand in the fray and say, 
that may be for your son, but you don't get to make those choices mm-hmm. for mine. And to, and, to, and as a segue to say, wait, do you really want your kids having this? And here's all the, all the reasons and on and so on and so forth. And being able you know, to do what God's calling us to do in the moment, all I can do is speak truth and see what they, what they say rather than just walking away. And so friendship is a is a instrumental piece for families and in society right now. So to, and when you look deeper at it, it really is the fabric a one of the fabrics of society, is friendship, and in the Bible, the friends that are in the Bible, and they're, they're just perfect examples of people that took care of each other, that looked out for each other. Job's friends, they stood by him in adversity. In Job two eleven. Now when three of Job's friends heard of all the misfortune that had come upon him, they set out each one from his own place. And they were in different countries. They met and journeyed together to give him sympathy and comfort. And then a couple of um, passages later, Job 2.13. Then they sat down upon the ground with him seven days and seven nights. But none of them spoke a word to him, for they saw how great was his suffering. So his friends, they saw it and they stood by him mm-hmm. until he was and to move along with them. And they it, stayed with him. It's, it's very similar to what the church says now about accompanying people. Mm-hmm. You know, generally in a, in, a, in a pro-life sense, you know, accompanying mothers or mothers-to-be. Yes. But, but the church has become very big on that word accompany um, with anybody who's having issues mm-hmm. or even if they aren't having issues, you know, to, to accompany one another. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't... Don't be so crazy about judging, but accompany people. And I think that's the other side of canceling. Mm-hmm. So many times if a family doesn't do right or a child mm-hmm. makes, you know, a child, a young adult makes the wrong decisions, they inadvertently get canceled. Or uh, uh, people will outright, you know, we know it on social media, but it's also happening among friendships. I think we're called to accompany them. And to stay with them yeah. and to almost like to wait. What, what would St. Paul do? He would just keep at it and, and, and lovingly and walk alongside them to like, you're not getting this. This is not an, there is no law in the land or morally in any scripture that says minors should be given alcohol, for example. And that's one of many. Um, and so as friends, we have to, we have to participate in that. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a war zone, so to speak. It's so difficult because you risk a lot and it's easier to pull back. But then as we, we draw on scripture, right? So it's, it's, it's so profound. It's like, wow, this is exactly what I need to do as, as friends to people rather than just walking away. And um, St. Paul said in Second t- um, Timothy 2, 3, bear your share of hardship along with me like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So that he, he was going through something hard, and he was reaching out through Timothy to his friends to bear a share of the hardship with him. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I would offer that these families or these parents that are making the wrong decision or these young adults that are, that we have to bear the hardship with them so that they clearly see the picture. It's really easy to walk away when it, at first blush, but really try to be clear with them, lovingly so, like, okay, we... I want to hear what your piece is, why you're saying this, and I'm going to give you God's piece because we're all called to that. Because ultimately, I wonder if us, if you would say on our side, we're called by God because he had no one else to get to them. If we have a responsibility as friends to try to, if you will, save that person because the path they're on is not a good one. And ultimately, we can't save them. And if they make the choice, there's nothing we can do. But I would offer that as friends, we are called to a deeper participation um, and not so easy letting go and walking away, so to speak. Yeah, I uh, recently attended the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home Dinner, their annual dinner. And they are the ultimate in accompanying people mm-hmm. who have have significant problems in their lives and staying with them mm-hmm. knowing that occasionally somebody's going to fall off the cliff and they're not going to say well sorry mm-hmm. you know we gave you a chance and you blew it they stay with them and and their their stories are remarkable 
Well, I think that's one of the most beautiful things that's come out of all of this. We, we weren't doing this a few years ago. Yeah. And community is coming together, which is what community used to do a very long time ago around a pregnancy, a yeah. surprise pregnancy, if you, or unexpected pregnancy. It's not a complete surprise, but an unexpected um, or unplanned pregnancy. Right. Is community used to draw together. Yeah. And um, I have friends who are immigrants, and um, the grandparents are here as well, and there was an unplanned pregnancy. And the grandparents coming from a different culture who had lived through that very much embraced it mm-hmm. and walked alongside their granddaughter right. and, and are helping and participating to raise the child. So we really, it's kind of like returning us back to community, the fabric of community that we used to have. And with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years, it's made the experience of friendship cherished, like you said. It really has. And, but we have to keep coming back to God and keep putting God back in the center. The parents, they can't. And it's, they're, they're battling on every front right now. But I would offer by bringing God back into the center, the center of the home, then maybe things, they have a fighting chance, yep. so to speak. And actually to be aware of it, to be aware of it. Because this is, this is, this is not a time for casual parenting. And just, how would you say it? Um, uh, blithefully going along, it's definitely something we're facing well, a lot. You know, every, everybody, um, <laughs> we we can sometimes, it's not really a mistake, but everybody wants, every parent wants their kids to like them, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, a, there's kind of a fine line between doing things that you know will make kids happy, which every mm-hmm. parent wants to do. Uh, right. You know, I mean, you get excited at Christmas to see your kids get up on Christmas morning right. and, you know, and, and, and you get excited on Halloween to take them trick-or-treating and you get excited to say, we're going to go on a vacation and see a waterfall and, yeah. you know, and, and, but it, it can't be, well, I want them to like me so bad. I'll, I'll buy them a six pack for their party, you know? Right. And, and, um, you always, 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 I mean, I know that people talk about tough love and everything else. But it's it, it's it's more than that. It's the they have to respect your judgment, mm-hmm. and and that has to be earned. Mm-hmm. You can't just say I'm your dad or I'm your mom, right? And what I say goes. And you can say it if you want to, mm-hmm. but if you want it to take, if you want it to resonate with them, mm-hmm. then you have to show them by example mm-hmm. that. This is good for them. So are you saying then we actually have to risk them yeah, well, not liking they, us? Well, if they come home every night and dad's drunk on the couch yeah. and uh, telling them, don't you dare drink, um, they may not drink because they don't <laughs> want to be like dad. True. But um, they they make kind of, well, one of the problems a lot of people have is when their kids say to them, well, did you smoke marijuana when you were a kid? And the parents go well yeah i did you Mm -hmm. know it's kind of almost like a free pass right like like okay it was a rite of passage huh right that what you're telling me right um did you do this when you were a kid and did did you do the very things that you're telling me not to do right and actually the answer is and i regret it now and i I wish my parents had stood up to me and it was the wrong thing to do unless you can say no i didn't (laughs) Right, right. Years ago, when I used to sub at the one of the high schools up in El Dorado County, and not oh, I subbed, yes, but I would chaperone the dances, so I got to know the principal. I was the one going through the soup because the faculty and staff didn't want to be amongst all of those bodies. So I would go through as a volunteer and, and separate them, and so on and so forth. It was fascinating. I have to tell you, every single time they would ask me, "Why are you here?" and I said, "I'm here to protect you from what Hollywood has shown you how to do," and they stopped every single time and said, "Why are you the only one?" Hmm. They wanted someone there. They were actually appreciative. Even though they see it, they don't want it. Anyway, getting back to as friends and, and high school and and what we were called to do, oh, to be their friends and to be the parent, the, the principal said he really had a hard time when he would call up a parent and say, your child's drunk or high. Well, I did it, so what's the big deal? Well, it's... It let's just say that the the marijuana is, I forget how many times I want to say seven times, fourteen times stronger, 
and it's sprayed with insecticides, it's not the same thing. You're, they're bringing in chemicals and elements that now we medically are showing. We can see it in the body. They're having uh, medical reactions in some cases, um, which are sending the kids to the hospital. But that, that is, the, the principal was running into that. Well, I did it, so I really have a hard time Plus, you, know, you, disciplining. Never, you never know what, and not necessarily with marijuana, but with other drugs, uh, fentanyl has become yes. just crazy. Yes, which is very dangerous. Oh, it's very deadly, dangerous. Deadly. And so, yes, it, you're he absolutely right. From one generation to the next, we could not, we didn't have to worry. My parents didn't have to worry about it because pot was it had a certain side effect, mm-hmm. you know, um, and alcohol did, and you could smell it, which was lovely. They could tell, you know, you couldn't hide it. But then now, there's a much graver uh, risk, a much bigger risk. So yes, they are called to parents now are, are battling things, dealing with things, having to make decisions about things that their parents did not to, did not have to deal with. Okay, buck up, put on your big boots. It's a big job, but I'll tell you, it's short lived. It's a, it's a few years. Yes, it's five, six, seven years, and it can be really challenging, but then you've launched them. And in one of the families that I'm dealing with, that, that tutor, and this happens where I'll end up on a soccer team and I'll have half a dozen families that I'm tutoring their kids or a baseball team. It's happened m- multiple times. Well, this is in a, a local school. So it just happens just by circumstance, the Lord has brought me to it, is they're all in a social group. Yeah. And so I'm hearing the different pieces of it and, and able to support them saying, stick to it, stick to it, don't give up. Even though your kid is a hormonal, impetulant, screaming mess at you, don't give up. It's the right thing and one of them said their older daughter called them um in the going to law school and said thank you for not letting me scream you down for hanging in there and another one called her uh, parent up and said thank you for teaching me how to clean thank you for how much i groused about chores because i know how to clean a house and my roommates don't and your roommates don't right and so that's the life skills that we have to give them but yes you're right the enemy is after well you didn't say this directly but the whole picture is the enemy is after every one of our children and if he can just dilute it and turn us away well it's not that big of a deal And, and and just a little bit of gaining in the territory and then it mounts and it mounts and it mounts and so this is a really big time for parents to, to have those friendships, to connect with them, to hold on tight, and to possibly even form a more formal community, you know, where you get together. A few years ago, I heard of a group of mothers that would pray for their, they all had their kids coming through high school, and they got, on Monday mornings, they all stayed after morning mass and said that's a, right. a rosary, and they prayed those kids through high school. And we know that's our biggest weapon. And, and I know when I was dealing with uh, the difficulties of raising teenagers in a difficult situation, the rosary was what I had. And I could say it with a fierce mama bear tone <laughs> because now that I understood the sword I was really carrying, um, then I could wield it in a different way. And I remember saying to, to one of my teenagers um, at the peak of their intensity, saying, I'm going over your head. I'm going to God. <laughs> <laughs> And so the friendships in the Bible, I love the friendship of Ruth and Naomi, that friendship bonds can actually become family. And then in Ruth 1.16, but Ruth said, do not press me to go back and abandon you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And that friendship can be, you become like family because you, it's, it's almost yeah, it's such a gift from God. I don't know how else to say no, it. No, friendship is a gift from God. And I, I look at the friends I've had in my life and continue to have. And the ones the ones that you, you know are gifts from God are the ones that you might not see them for 10 years. And you pick up right where you left off. Mm-hmm. So, oh, they're so different now. I don't think I'd be their friend now. No, it's you pick up right where you left off. Wow. And you don't even... You don't even you don't even see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember, I remember years ago uh, as a young sports writer, I had to go cover a football game in San Luis Obispo, and I kind of enjoyed the ride down there alone. I, I, was, I wasn't married, didn't have kids, and I kind of enjoyed the ride down there alone. And on a Saturday, the game would be Saturday night. I drive down Saturday and probably spend the night in a cheap motel and mm-hmm. and come home on Sunday, and. Um, this guy from the rival newspaper called me up. He had newly hired. I'd never met him. And he said, hey, I've been assigned to cover that game in San Luis Obispo. And my boss tells me that you usually go to those games and 
could I ride with you? And, oh. I, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. that's my alone time. Quiet time, I Stop right? where I want to, listen to what I want to on the radio. We only had radios in those days. Uh-huh. You know? And it's kind of like, oh, but how do I say no? Poor guy, brand new, brand new to town, brand new right. to the profession. I said, okay, sure, yeah, I'll pick you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it took about an hour to realize that that we just saw the world in a funny way alike. Uh-huh. You know, the foibles and, and uh-huh. uh, you know, and it was just, I don't know, it was the very first place we stopped and got something to eat or something and just had the same impression of the people sitting around us and the same, uh-huh. you know, and it was just like, I mean, I giggle thinking about it now so many years later, you know, and, and he eventually got married and moved back east and worked for the Washington Post and, you know, um, and yet we, you know, we'd get together every couple of years, you mm-hmm. know, and and when we did, it would be right where we were before. I remember my wife saying, "It just I've never heard you giggle like that," <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, just giggle uh-huh. like a kid, you uh-huh. know, and 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 yet it took saying yes when I didn't want to. It wasn't like I did something bold; I did it grudgingly, mm-hmm. and um, to have that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I guess the the story there is is the worst that could have happened is we didn't hit it off, and it would have been a busted weekend, right? You know, or it right. wouldn't have been the most pleasant thing. But mm-hmm. so what? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and the upside was a lifelong friendship that tremendously, I mean, tremendously enriched my life. Wow. You know. Wow. And do you see looking back? children or uh, people that friends that God brought into your life and how it, how the friendship just made it all the richer or how, oh, maybe, yeah. and then how you were brought into other people's lives as a friend. That's one of the gifts of getting older is just having, being able to look back and see those connections. Yeah. See, see, I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I've always said the best things that have ever happened to me are things that I was basically dragged kicking and screaming into. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to do this, and this is really going to pay off big right. time. It's just the opposite. Oh no, no, don't throw me in the briar patch. Oh you know, no. That, what was that, Brer Rabbit? Yes, yeah, yes. You know, right. When he really wanted to be thrown in the briar patch. Right. But, you know, like, oh no, don't, no, no. I don't want to ride. You meant it for real, but, yeah, right? You know, and um, and then you go, you look back, and you go, wow. Wow, that if if not for that, this wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've reshuffled the deck here in a way that you don't know. Good point. That's a you know, it's well it's said. it's really it's it's really strange how. Um, I I remember like we we uh, missed a turn somewhere on on vacation, you know, and. So it took us in another not not in a bad direction, but you know, it's like okay, we've we're gonna. We end up seeing a town we wouldn't have otherwise seen. Uh-huh. And, and I remember saying to the kids, this was just this last summer, I said, we just reshuffled the deck here whether we know it or not. We are now going to have a far different day than we planned or anticipated. And this, the path we were on, this town we were headed towards, the, something would have happened there mm-hmm. that no, now will not happen. And this other town that we're now in, something will happen there that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't made the wrong wow. turn, you know. Mm-hmm. And you you reshuffle the deck. You, you you spend an extra five minutes after work. You reshuffle the deck. Mm-hmm. Traffic's different, uh, you know. Right. For, right. For, for for better or for worse, you've reshuffled right. the deck. Right. You know. Right. How interesting. And we and we tend to push back against those kind of changes. Yeah. When God's going. Miss the turn, miss the turn. Yeah. I want you to go this way because there is something. And I, I had that happen coming out of Mass one day where I felt this prompting to go into the gift shop. And I could feel the Holy Spirit really nudging me. And, and naturally, um, I don't go easily. And so I said, I don't want to spend money. Holy I'm Spirit trying. played linebacker, you know, at, at Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Holy Spirit does get his way, but I, I do chatter along the way. So I really pushed back. And finally, I'm like, okay, I will do that. And then I felt the nudge to go to my car. So I did. I didn't buy anything. And naturally, I'm saying, okay, 
Holy Spirit, I'm not sure what that was all about, but okay. Well, I pull up to an intersection in Folsom, and there is a young man, a young woman, homeless, and he's off in the bushes, and he's got a very tall, thick wooden walking stick, and she's in the center holding up a sign to uh, panhandle. And she doesn't have something she needs, and she, she leans towards him to ask. Well, he stomps at her and gets verbally and physically aggressive, even though he was 15 feet away on the side of the road. Played out right in front of me. I was right at the front of the intersection and saw the whole thing play out. It was very obvious what was going on. So I just get on the phone and call Folsom PD and let them handle it. But had I not listened yeah, to the Holy yeah. Spirit for that, I would not have been there in that moment. Yeah. And I think that's something that we need to pay attention to. And as parents, because when we give it all back to God, when truly when we pull ourselves out of it and say, okay, show me what to do. It's, it's a mess with these teenagers. We got this coming at us and we got this and the laws are changing and people's ideals are changing and, and so much. Show us what to do. Well, that's, that's, that's the, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, answer is to say, I got, I don't, there are times when you just, you know, you think, okay, I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm not brilliant, but I'm not stupid. And I care how, you know, but I can't figure this one out. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, I don't know the right thing to say, or I don't know the right path to take here. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes there's about six paths and have me take the path you want me to, to have me, have me make the decision you want me to make. Have me speak mm. the words you want me to speak. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure. I know I've got to say something about this situation, but I'm not sure what to say. You know, have me say the words that you th- that uh-huh. you want me right. to. Right, right. And it because, always... Because I, I don't trust that I'm going to say the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it always works out, doesn't it? Yeah. Surprisingly. I'm still here. <laughs> You're still here. <laughs> it's the surrender um, novena. Where um, uh, was it? Uh, Bartolo Duolingo. Um, I think he's blessed now. If I've got his name right, but it's a nine-day novena where the Lord is saying, "Surrender to me, give it to me." And each of the nine days is a different, uh, uh, how do you call it? Personal um, mm-hmm. revelation. Is that the right word? To him from Jesus. And one of them is, "You're like a child that tells your parent what your needs are, and then you try to solve them yourself, and you're getting in the way." Show me the ultimate gift of trust and love and let me handle it. And then after, and every day you repeat 10 times, oh Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And by the time you're saying it to yourself eight and nine times, oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. It starts to build the pattern. Like, wow, this is a gnarly mess and there's a lot of things here. I don't know what you're going to do here, but I'm giving it to you. This feels good. It feels, and that's, and he did say when we turn towards him, he will give us peace. He didn't say he's going to resolve it or the way we want, but he will grant us peace to be in it. And that's huge. And so for the families right now, for the mothers and fathers to call on the Lord in everything they do and, and give it back to him. He knows that we're imperfect instruments because we always bring in our own things and our own ideas and we forget and, and so on and so forth. But we have to. We have to, to strengthen our connection to him. And he'll guide us through this storm. He has said he has or he will, right, over and over again. And all of the friendships in the, in the Bible speak to that. And um, uh, Daniel's friends, I, I hope I can say the names right, Shadrach, Mesach and Abenego, um, when he had promoted them with under the king, and then they wouldn't bow down to the to the pagan idols that the king wanted them to. In Daniel three sixteen, they answered King Nebuchadnezzar, "There is no need for us to defend ourselves before you in this matter." Referring to the 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 idols that he wanted them to bow to. If our God, whom we serve, can save us from the White Hawk furnace and from your hands, O King, may He save us. So they were his friends. He he got them promoted within the within the uh, royalty of the kingdom. And then because they wouldn't bow down, the king's like, great, I'm going to cook y'all. And he ordered for the furnace to be made seven times hotter than normal. And um, they didn't abandon their friend. They didn't say, no, we're out of here. We're not going to stick by you. No, they held together. In their friendship, 
they held together. And they knew they couldn't get through it. There, there was nothing they could do to stop because they, they make reference to the size of the king's men that, that mm-hmm. tied them up and so on. But they depended on God. If our God, whom we serve, can save us from this white-hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. So it's up to God to save us. And then we know the ending, how beautiful it is and how it, the, the king ended up um, turning away from his idols and said, I want to serve your God if your God did this. Mm-hmm. So that friendship that through thick and thin, truly, just, and they were going to die because of the position they were in, but they held to it. And God will, will strengthen us and carry us through. And it won't be easy, but it will be, how should I say it, simple in that we just keep turning towards him and he'll give us all we need. But it, I can only say that after having been through some really incredible situations where so many of my prayers at that different time start with, really, this now? You know, mm-hmm. where you just, you have nothing. You don't know how you're going to handle it. But he does. He does come through one way or the other. So many times when I'd be on my knees praying for my kids, just for insight, like, Holy Spirit, we need you, there'd be the knock at the door where there would be something that would completely change the dynamic, that would change, that would basically just remove the risk. One time my daughter wanted to go, had already planned on going to a party and everything looked like it was okay, but I found out some information that it was not a healthy place to be. But I couldn't let her know that I knew because I, the battle that was going to ensue. So I was praying about it and praying and praying. This was a high-risk situation I'd found out. And all I kept hearing was, make lasagna. Really? That's all you got? Make lasagna. Okay. So I pop it in the microwave. Well, the smell. It was a cold winter night. The comfort food, she never left. Wow. And that I really learned a lot. That'd be a good, that'd be a good title for a book. What? Make, make lasagna. Make lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> a parenting book. A parenting book, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, and looking back, I'm, I'm sure you faced it with your teenagers of being on the front lines. And some are easy. No, mine, mine were perfect. All, were they? All, okay, all, you got the times. six that were perfect. At all times, they were they perfect. Were, wow. <laughs> wow. I got in the wrong line. I got in the short line. That's all I'm going to no, say. No, it's, 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 you know, they're obviously, we've all faced, we've all faced things. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some were more, some, I guess, where you feel for them something they're going through, uh, you know, a, a, a breakup, uh, a lost friendship, uh, a lost ball game. Uh, the, the, the kind Things of the, are, those are big to the, them. The, yeah, are, yeah I've, I've, I've always said, you know, I mean, um, a, a seven-year-old crying real tears about something that made them sad is just as important as a 70-year-old mm-hmm. or a 47-year-old or yeah. 30-year-old, whatever. You know, it's it's real. It's their moment, and it's it's real to them in that moment, and and it needs to be dealt with in in a in a, a way that's helpful to them. Mm-hmm. But th- there there are those moments which are are, I guess, almost rites of passage. Mm-hmm. You know, you struck out with the bases loaded, and you lost the game, and ouch. You you know, yeah. And 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 those things those things, the lucky kids are the ones that it happened to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I look at some of these uh, college football teams where they went four years and never lost a game, and I thought, you know, I'm not so sure that was so good for all those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they so. never knew the they knew the thrill of victory, but they didn't know the thrill of victory because they didn't know the agony of defeat. You know, no, that's true. You know, they didn't they didn't have the same thrill. Uh, there was a sweetness that yeah. was not there. Yeah, right. And, um, uh, and and it's you know it's 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 I guess exaggerated in athletics because you have a winner and a loser you know I mean it doesn't happen as much uh, you maybe you're in the choir and you that eh, wasn't the best performance we ever but nobody gave you a, you lost they won you right. lost you know that's true um, you you as a team you may have played your hearts out and you lost how'd you guys do we lost that uh-huh. you know not like oh well we played really good and right Bill scored yeah a touchdown that's true and they don't look at the effort no, they look no, at the outcome we, we lost you know and so it's um but those are normal rites of passage but they like i say not everyone doesn't happen to everybody and then and then there are the ones that you know are unique to a certain child and are serious mm-hmm. and have to be dealt with and and i mean 
if answers were easy, we wouldn't have all kinds of drugs to <laughs> help people. We wouldn't have a whole medical profession dealing yeah. with psychiatry and psychology and mood and depression and all yeah. these things um, that are all very real, mm-hmm. you know, and and you don't know where they come from mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily know how to solve them. Mm-hmm. Um, if everybody knew how to solve them, they wouldn't exist anymore. That's true. And in sometimes fact, all we can do is walk alongside fact, them. It, yeah. In fact, yeah. it seems that they've, that, that it's, it's gotten worse in the last few years in terms of the number of kids that struggle with, you mm-hmm. know, mental illness and, and, and things Depression, like that. Depression, anxiety. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it's, I mean, a certain amount of anxiety is natural human behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd get out of bed if you didn't have some sort of anxiety. Like, right. I better get out of bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Right. But or you wouldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy here. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay. The world's here. simple under here. Yeah. Yes, that's and, true. Or you, you know, if you didn't have a little bit of anxiety about that math exam, you probably wouldn't study for it. There is a positive anxiety. It does yeah. motivate us yeah. to do better. But, but it yes, ca- it, it is. can be paralyzing. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and th- those, I think those those times are, are hard for parents uh, who, on the one hand, you were to say, well, I had anxiety when I was a lad, and this is how I, you know, right. I went and ran around the block and, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and and then you have, yeah, so so the, there, there are a lot of things that we face as parents mm-hmm. trying to raise our kids and trying to raise them. And I think you're very right in that we frequently turn to God as the last resort mm-hmm. and set it as, as, as the first resort. Yeah, we are, we are self-reliant. Yeah, but okay, yes. we're going to solve this. And oh, maybe we should pray about it. Maybe you should take out mm-hmm. that rosary. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe we should ask God to, to help us on this journey because it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it, it can be. I mean, it can be it can be very tough, mm-hmm. and and you do you do you wonder you know how come how come this kid is just sort of breezing through life and yeah. has a great job and is doing well in school and, uh, and lots of hits all the markers and, yeah right. and then, and another kid is just struggling in so many ways right you know and and really in in most cases through no fault of their own you mm-hmm. know it's, it's sort of they didn't have the same skills that are... Or their response to the situation is different because their the wiring is different. Yeah, because their wiring right. is different. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and people, you know, in the medical profession and, and other professions are, are still guessing. Their best guesses, mm-hmm. but they're still guessing mm-hmm. because rarely do they cure somebody. Frequently they help somebody. True. But rarely do they cure somebody, right? Because, uh, boy, when you get into the brain and and all those things, it's mm-hmm. it's like you say people are wired differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you look at God and you say, I don't understand this. Why didn't you make us all clones? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he made us in His so, image and likeness, right? That's right. That's where the clone well, part is. I, yeah, I mm-hmm. I believe that to my core, mm-hmm. except at seven in the morning when I look in the mirror <laughs> and I go. <laughs> Does God look like this at seven in the morning? That's true. That's, That's true. That's really his image and likeness looking yes. back at me. Yes, and I've come wow. to realize that that there are children that make us think we're really the parenting is easy, and there's children that make us think we should have stuck to goldfish <laughs> because right. they're just they've got a different soul growth. I don't know how to say it. They just come in with a different response to things. I don't know. They don't fit inside molds from from. All the hundreds and hundreds of kids I've been around, thousands even, you know, with tutoring, they have a different. Even within a family, they'll have a different response to a situation. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the interesting thing is is you you, you can say, well, it's how they're raised and how they're this and and there's there's some truth some truth to that, but you'll see it with. I mean, I see it within the family I grew up in, mm-hmm. the differences between the siblings. I see it in in my own family with with my six mm-hmm. kids and, and our six kids um i see it great differences um even though you felt like you were you're certainly loving them all the same mm-hmm. and you're you're 
you can't treat them all the same because they all have different needs. But mm-hmm. you're tr- you're you're treating you you're treating them all the same in that you you are trying to treat them in terms of what's best for them, mm-hmm. and what's best for one might not be what's best for the other. Right. You right. know. Uh, so it's know. fair, but it's not necessarily yeah, like, looking like, the same. Like, yeah, well, you're paying for so-and-so to go to away to college, but right. you're not paying for this one to go away to college because she's not quote-unquote college material. Right, and that's know? not what's best. And that's, that's not, not what's that's best. That's really not what's working, you know? and, right. And, and so what? it's costing you $16,000 to send this one away to college. Does that mean you should give the other one $16,000 to... Right go to the candy store you know i mean it's like, right right it, it, it doesn't but you're tr- you're you're treating them all the alike in mm-hmm. that in that which doesn't mean everybody gets mashed potatoes right one of them might that's be true. allergic to mashed potatoes mm-hmm. so that's you're, true you're, you're giving them something they can eat and and what are the two laws if you will commandments that jesus said the love the lord your god and love each other as love your neighbor as yourself and that's if that's what we're doing and that's what it comes down to i found that phase of parenting to be one of the hardest is when they look back and say why was it different and ultimately when you explain all that and they're still not buying into it and really you just want to say wait till you've got kids but it just doesn't make any sense to them um is that i can stand before god because this is what the situation for each of them was different. So I had to respond in what was best for them. And we had to respond in what was best for them. And so it's confusing. They don't always understand it. And how many people call their parents later and say, oh, now I get it. But that's it. We're just called to ultimately just turn them back to God and, and deal with that. But yes, when they do come in with stronger situations uh, or stronger responses that are just, they just don't stay in the lanes. Some kids don't. In fact, as soon as they see the lane, they step over it, <laughs> you know, and, and who knows? And I think that's one of the hardest, the biggest challenges, I won't say hard challenges as a parent, is to realize your child is, the, the wiring they came in for is the world God's going to have them in as an adult. We have them for about 20% to form them and then they've got another yeah and even you know, during 60 that 20 percent there are so many other forces mm-hmm. especially as they go off to school it's it starts in what kindergarten right. or, or even prior to that they go off to school and and now they're with 20 30 different kids um sometimes all day. well once they're in kindergarten you know at least half days mm-hmm. all day and all those family situations and all those years. all right. those things every all these different situations on the playground in the classroom uh the, the teacher's boss the principal's boss mm-hmm. you know all those um, dynamics uh all all those dynamics that it's it's not like being at home mm-hmm. and and then they get to be teenagers and and they're spending way more well not only way more time away from home but your peers have great influence on you mm-hmm. they, they just do i mean right? i mean maybe maybe they don't look to their peers for um moral guidance maybe they do but they're looking for their peers for fashion guidance for uh-huh. what's cool guidance for everything else and and those things are are, are tough for parents mm-hmm. to, to kind of it's, it's not that you're losing control. It's not that you want control of your kids. It's you want your kids to to, to be good human beings mm-hmm. and to, be, to, to understand about God and to understand about Christ and to understand mm-hmm. that they, every single one of them has a specific purpose on earth and it's just as important a purpose mm-hmm. as anybody else. It's mm-hmm. not like, well, I didn't even graduate from high school. I don't really have a purpose. My sister who went to medical school has a purpose but i don't mm-hmm. no you have just as important as i've purpose. actually heard that from women that they feel that they, they don't have a purpose even though they're a physicist and they're staying home they're told they don't have a purpose because they're staying home with their mm-hmm. children and it's like you change the world with every child yeah, that you however that child and then i will tell you that in a marriage your mother-in-law is in that marriage for how she <laughs> raised her baby boy That's and right. every wife um, past the honeymoon will tell you that and we all know that so the purpose of God's heart and hands is to remind parents that they are God's heart and hands they stand between God and their child and they shape the world Amen. So. Jane always a joy thank, thank you, you. it's great to be here that's going to do it for us today thanks for listening God bless everyone 
This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. I feel burning deep inside of me I feel your spirit is moving around me I hear you you here. 